is a melody my weapon is a melody I raise a hallelujah heaven comes to fight for me I'm gonna sing in the middle of a storm louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes hope will arise death is defeated the king is alive all right let's put our hands together let's not be a dead dry church tonight come on i raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me Come on, I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. When I'm going to watch the darkness flee, I will watch the darkness flee. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. In the middle. In the middle of the mystery. hold on me gonna sing and I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes hope will arise death is defeated the king Sing a little louder. Here we go. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Yeah, sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder. A little louder in the presence of my enemies. Sing a little louder, louder than the unbelief. Yeah, sing a little louder. My weapon is a melody. Yeah, sing a little louder. Heaven comes to fight for Oh, sing a little louder. In the middle of 
of the storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated, oh, the King is alive. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Roar up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. Yes, it is. The king is alive. Oh, we thank you, Lord. I raise a give the Lord some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm thinking about how it says in the middle of the mystery, and I often wondered, what, is, what, is, what, were, the, what were they thinking about when they wrote that part? And I, I just, I would imagine they're saying in the middle of the mystery, meaning in the middle of what's, I don't know what's going on in my life, but I know you're still in control. So in the middle of that, I'm going to raise a hallelujah just because it's mysterious to me, but I, you're at, well, you're at work and we thank you for that. Aren't you glad he's at work on your behalf tonight? Thank you, Lord. Let me back this up. I'm sorry. It's, you know, this technology. Thank you, Jesus. It's still not want to work. It's all right. We'll just close it out and start over. Thank you, Lord. This is mysterious to me, so I'm going to raise a hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know why it does this. Thank you, Lord. Do you like my bomber jacket? Yes? Uh, my t-shirt says, we won't settle. Right? Doesn't it say that? It says, we won't settle? Um, yes, we're not going to settle, right? Amen. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> I told Robin we're going to plant bombs tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Lord. We want 
is yet to come the cross before me my hope on things above and in you Jesus the best is yet to come come on aren't you glad tonight oh your presence is an open door we want you Lord we want you For your presence, your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord. So come now, Lord, like never before. Yeah, we want you to come, Lord, like never before. Can I get some agreement on that tonight? We want you to come like never before. Change us, wreck us, fill us afresh and new tonight. Come on, say, I know breakthrough. Oh, yeah. And I know breakthrough is coming by faith. I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now. I know. And I know breakthrough is coming by faith. Come on, I see it. Get your faith up tonight. Can you see your breakthrough? Come on, you got to see it through faith tonight. Oh, yeah. We receive it by faith. Oh, yes, we do, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mm. Your presence. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Come on, your presence, your presence. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never before. Hallelujah. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We receive it by faith. Hallelujah. Nothing is impossible. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Great God. Hallelujah. 
Bless your name. We honor you. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing great are you Lord on the earth and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing
Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. You unravel me with the melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God and I'm no longer a slave fear. I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name I've been born again To your family Your blood flows through my veins And I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God child of God, yeah. I'm no longer a slave to fear. No longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Come on, I'm no longer. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Come on, think about it tonight. Dear children of God, Child of God, yeah. You split 
Overcome. 
Come on, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's already defeated. Everything you're going through has already been defeated. Come on, it's already over with. It's finished. Jesus said it is finished. He said it's finished. Amen? Well, turn to your other neighbor and say, it is finished. It is finished. All over with. Done with. Bye-bye. Say bye-bye. You got to say bye-bye to your mess sometimes. Shake loose the mess. Amen? Amen. Shake off the bad boss and the bad manager and the bad this, that, and the other. Shake it all off. The, the crazy husband or the crazy wife, shake it all off. <laughs> Amen. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. The, 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 the song says every, uh, every, every high thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. You wear the victor's crown. Every high thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be. So every high thing, every high thing that doesn't represent Christ must come down. Amen. Every arrogant, prideful spirit has to bow its knee to Jesus. Amen. And we're going to pull this over here, and we're going to talk for a minute. Thank you. Can we give them a great big, we love you. Aren't they so good? I love our new, our additions and all that kind of good stuff. I tell you, God's doing great things. We're going to be able to rotate people out so that we're not always having to, you know. Sometimes you need a break in worship, amen? Sometimes you got to just, the worshipers need to worship, amen. Okay. Okay. Okay, so Father, we just lift up Patty to you right now. We thank you for touching her body, healing her right now. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God is good. I want to turn your attention to Matthew chapter number 22 tonight. And I'm not going to stay long, but we're going to stay for a little while. Amen? Amen. I think the hungry folk come on Wednesday. Right. I mean, the hungry folk come on Wednesday. Amen. Matthew 22. I'm thankful. I'm thankful we have a church who likes the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Amen. I'm thankful we have a church who's always joyful, full of the presence of God. Amen. We don't have dissension in the ranks. We're all we're family. We don't think less than anyone. We're all together. Amen. Can I get a fan to blow in my face, Alexis? Amen. I'm hot. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory. I've got my bomber jacket on. Turn it this way. Turn it my, Yeah, oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. I sleep, at, I sleep at 67 degrees. And so, um, amen. Matthew 22. We're going to, on Sunday, we're going to continue our series on whatever I called it last Sunday. And um, we're dealing with, uh, I, so we're dealing with the religious spirit, and um, a religious person told me the other day that I shouldn't speak on this because there's no such thing. And I kindly told the person, look in the mirror. We say, well, Pastor John, that's rude. That's ugly. Well, Jesus would have done it. 
Just saying, Jesus would have done it. He told me I was lukewarm, and I thought I was on fire. I'm just saying. So I want to look at Matthew 22. This is a, this is a, I want to look at verse, um, let's look at verse 15. It says, then the Pharisees went and plotted how to trap him by what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. They said, teacher, they said, we know that you're truthful and teach truthfully the way of God. You don't care what anyone thinks, nor do you show partiality. Tell us then. What do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And perceiving their malicious intent, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the taxes. And they brought him a, a, a denarius, whose image and inscription is this, he asked them. Caesar's, they said. Then he said to them, Give then to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, so they left him and went away. I'm, I'm, I look at this, and I said, I said a moment ago that I told a religious person, look in the mirror. We see Jesus here in verse 18. It says, perceiving their malicious intent, Jesus said, why are you testing me, you hypocrite? And so I, wanted, I, wanted, I just want to throw some things at you just to think about tonight. Um, not so much to challenge you, but just to, to think about, if you will. And, you know, we, most of us in this room tonight grew up in church or, or um, grew up in, in maybe a denomination or grew up in, in, in what our family maybe um, encouraged us to be a part of, a movement, whatever it may have been. And unfortunately, even in my life, we were taught some things that really weren't all scriptural. One thing that people, that some uh, pastors and, and denominations are teaching is that ladies need to wear skirts down to the floor. Well, I don't see that in the Bible. And if it's there, then show me. Another one is where guys have to wear um, button-ups and um, long sleeves every single day of their life. They can't show their skin. Well, where is that in the Bible? And I have talked to many, many people who've been in um, different religions, especially the Pentecostal denomination, and they say how hurt they were when they tried to get out. And one of the things that I have a problem with in, in Christianity in the church today is that when you leave a church, if a church doesn't let you leave, then they talk malicious things about you and they say things about you that aren't true. In fact, when I left a church one time, a rather large church, one of the leaders told me that I would never be anything without them that I would never amount to anything and that I would never, I would lose everything and blah, blah, blah. And ladies and gentlemen, when a church doesn't let you leave or they condemn you not to leave, that's a cult. And that's religion. And so one of the things that I'm fearful of is that, is that, is that we as a body do not fall into the trap of religion. Religion tells you a lot. Religion says you can't. Religion says... And when you accept Jesus, you don't accept a religion, you accept a relationship. Amen. You're not baptized in a religion. You're baptized in Jesus' name. You're baptized into a relationship with your heavenly father. A preacher asked me a couple years ago, well, do you baptize in Jesus' name? I said, sure. Yeah. Baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Oh, well, no, that's not what I'm talking about. 
Well, look, you have it your way. I have it my way. And we, we, we can disagree to disagree. But I'm not going to be, um, I'm not going to live my life around a box of religion. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. Looking at my pages turn, but it turned in Mark number seven, chapter seven. Let's go to Mark chapter seven so we can go there. And now I don't, I don't want you to feel like Pastor John's in a bad mood. And I don't want you to feel like I'm, I'm yelling and screaming at you because I'm not. I love everybody in this room. Amen. Amen. But I want to talk about some things that most churches won't talk about. And so it probably will fire me up and I probably will get loud. loud. They will turn my microphone down if I do. Um, but Mark chapter seven, verse one. And I just want to say this. I'm not upset. So don't leave here saying Pastor John's mad. Okay. I'm mad at the devil. Yes. But I'm not mad at anybody in this room or anybody watching. But Mark chapter 7, it says, There's the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, and they observed that some of his disciples were eating bread with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees and all the Jews did not eat unless they uh, give their hands a ceremonial washing, keeping the tradition of the elders. And when they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they have washed. And there are many other customs that have received and kept, like the washing of cups, uh, pitchers, kettles, and dining couches. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating bread with ceremonially unclean hands? And he answered them, Isaiah prophesied correctly about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from, far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines human commands. Let's look at that. These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Sunday morning, we talked about a, three types of people. We talked about cold people, which we said were the were the, those that are lost, that need Jesus. They are our assignment. They, we love them. We want them to encounter God. We want them to change their life, repent, get into a good, stable, um, spirit-filled discipleship church, get discipled in the word, get filled with the spirit, and go and reach their friends. Amen? And so that's why we're here. That's our assignment, to reach those that are lost. And number two, we talked about lukewarm people. And I said, we're talking about us, because <laughs> the Lord said, Pastor John, he didn't say Pastor John, but he said, son, you're lukewarm. And I had an argument. I said, no, I'm not. He said, yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. And so then I went to the church and I realized I was lukewarm. Amen. Amen. And so it, it's, it, is, it, is, it is important to understand that you could grow up in church all your life, been in church. You could be a pastor. You could be called pastor and still be lukewarm. Right. <laughs> you can pray and fast and weep and squall and ball and lay on the floor and still be lukewarm. And so we see here, Jesus is saying, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And so Jesus perceived that. He understood that they, they say they love me, they say they honor me, but their heart is far from me. So they say it with their mouth, but they don't believe it in their heart. And so many times we get so caught up in, in, in religion that we say it with our mouth, but we don't believe it in our heart. I could say, I want revival all day. Revival. Holy Spirit, come. Come and invade us. Come and do this. Come and heal this person, Lord. But if I don't believe it in my heart, then it's all just a bunch of work, and I'm wasting your time, and I'm wasting my time. Because I really don't believe it's going to happen. Because i got, I got to believe it in my heart. It's got to be there inside of me that I believe that God's going to touch this person. And the same thing applies to you. Do you believe that God can heal you? Do you believe God can set you free? You got to believe it's got to be, it has to not just come out of here, but it's got to come out of here. 
He says, they worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines human commands. Let me look at this in the Passion uh, Translation, and, and, uh, because that's the most holy. Amen. <laughs> and the religious person said, you're going to hell. All right, Mark chapter 7. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can, we're just going to have fun. Amen. Are you all okay? Everybody good? I hope you like this. So this my, my title says, Jesus Breaks Religious Traditions. <laughs> Verse number one, out of the Passion, one day the Pharisees and certain religious scholars came from Jerusalem and gathered around Jesus. And they were shocked to find that some of Jesus' disciples ate bread without first observing the Jewish ritual of hand-washing before eating their meal. For the Pharisees, like all other Jews, will not eat without first performing a ritual of pouring water over their cupped hands to keep the, the tradition of the elders. And similarly, oh, say that? Amen. When returning from the marketplace, they ceremonially washed themselves before eating, and they also observed many other traditions, such as ceremonially <laughs> washing cups, pitchers, and kettles. Now, this is reminding me of, of, of um, hand sanitizer. So the Pharisees and religious scholars asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the old age-old traditions passed down by our elders? They should first ceremonially wash their hands before eating. And Jesus says, you are hypocrites. <laughs> How accurately did Isaiah prophesy about you phonies when he said, the people honor me with their words while their hearts run far away from me. Their worship is nothing more than a charade, for they continue to insist that their man-made traditions are equal to the instructions of God. You abandon God's commandments just to keep men's rituals, such as ceremonially washing utensils, cups, and other things. And then he added, how skillful you've become in rejecting God's law in order to maintain your man-made set of rules. For example, Moses taught us, honor your father and mother, and whoever insults or mistreats his father or mother must be put to death. But your made-up rules allow a person to say to his parents, I've decided to take the support you were counting on from me and make it my holy offering to God, and that, that, uh, that will be your blessing instead. How convenient, verse 12 says, the rules you teach exempt him from providing for his aged parents. Verse 13, do you really think God will honor your traditions passed down to others making up rules that nullify God's word? And you're doing many other similar things. And then Jesus talks about other things there. But I want to look at this because it's important to understand that, that <coughs> Jesus got so mad at the religious people that he walked in and uh, totally uh, messed up, walked in and, and, and just lifted up the tables and caused the ruckus in the temple. See, there's a fine line between religion and relationship. We want to reverence the move of God, yes? But when we start creeping over into man-made rituals and man-made opinions, then we've entered into religion. The problem with most religions today, it's man-made. The problem with most religions today is because they got mad at somebody, and so they formed their own group to, to satisfy their need or their desire to be right. Religion will always satisfy your need to be right. Religion will always say, well, 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 if you didn't, if you don't like what he's saying over there, well, come over to my group and, and we're, we're, we're passing out cotton candy on Sunday and you'll love that. Uh, I mentioned the other day, theme park churches and, and, and 
Y'all, you guys know my, my, my stance on that. Look, they're doing a great thing, and I'm not upset, and I'm not angry with them. But they, in my opinion, they've believed a lie. That in order to build a, a, a successful church, you've got to only speak sugar things. Sugar things that, that tickle the ears, that make people giggle, and make people fill a seat. And most people today don't need sugar. They need meat. The Bible says to eat the meat of the word. So here in, in, in Mark 7, he says, they honor me with your lips. Their hearts are far from me. And so I had to ask the question to myself. I said, John, do you honor him with your lips? Is your heart far from him? Because if you're just honoring God with your lips, then there's not a whole lot going on. But if, you, if your heart is completely ablaze with the passion and the fire love of Jesus Christ, then it's going to show. Yes, it's going to show. And so these, so these, these jokers here are. Jesus is perceiving that they are. Uh, they're coming in in Matthew. I'm back in Matthew. He's perceiving that they're coming to trip him up. Jesus knew what they were doing. These religious people were coming up into his revival meeting and trying to let him know that, and trying to trying to trip him, trying to trying to to get him entangled into their religious rhetoric. And religion will always entangle you if you're not careful. It will always entangle you. You, 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 and, it, and this is how it happens in this age. We, we only, we only listen to faith teachers. We don't listen to any other teachers. We only listen to the faith movement, or we only listen to the healing movement, and we only listen to the revival movement. We only when, when, when all of it comes out of the word. And I'm afraid that a lot of us have 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 we've grown up um, learning different things and hearing different things. And I, I, I love preaching on faith. I could preach on faith every single Sunday. It's an easy topic for me. But the Lord doesn't want me to be a faith teacher. He wants me to be a teacher of his word. I mean, so we can't stay, we can't stay stuck in one stream. I'm not, gonna, I'm not stuck in a revival stream. I'm stuck in the stream of the Holy Spirit. That's where I, that's where I live. I, I want to do what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. God's given me a passion for revival, yes. But if, if the Holy Spirit directs me in another direction, I'm going to go with the Holy Spirit. Revival is, 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 is what he's, he's promised. Joel said in the last days, you will, uh, I will pour out my spirit on everybody. Everyone's going to have an opportunity to experience the Holy Spirit. Everybody is going to have an opportunity. And so let me look at my notes real fast. <clears throat> What is religion? Religion is made up rules. Man's made up rules. Religion is 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 something is a man's uh, is is there to satisfy someone's need to be right. A religious spirit will continue in our region, in our community, and in our church unless somebody confronts it. Religion will continue in your family or in your life or in your whatever, your realm of influence unless you stand up and confront it. Well, how do you confront it, Pastor John? Well, you begin to study different things. You begin to study out the word. You begin to pray and fast and ask Holy Spirit, how do I confront this religious spirit that's in my family, that's in my home, that's in my job? How do I do it? And he'll, Holy Spirit will give you access into the supernatural realm and tell you this is how you do it. So until you confront something, it'll never be dealt with. You have, a, you have a perverted spirit in your house. Your son or your daughter is watching pornography and you know about it and you let them. Until you confront it, they're going to continue it. 
The religious spirit is a pseudo-spirit. It's the pr primary resistant force of revival. The religion will, re will resist every single move you make to get closer to the fire of God. As you draw close to God, religion says, you don't have to do that. As you tithe, religion will say, you don't have to give. As you love someone that you normally wouldn't love, religion will say, why are you doing that? They're going to hell. Religion will tell you that you do, do not, it's the resist, resistant to anything Christ-like. It's the primary resistant force. Religion wants to taint or tame you. Wants to taint or tame you. I'll, and I'll, I'll talk about that Sunday. Religion brings empty momentum. You can either have the fake or you can have the fire. Religion always wants to protect the status quo. Religion will always protect the status quo. It'll always say, you don't need to go to that special prayer service. It'll say, religion will always say, you don't need to read your word. You don't need to go and, and pray for that person. It'll protect, it'll make you comfortable in what you believe is right. It'll satisfy the need that you're right. It wants to, wants to uh, protect the comfortable. It wants to protect the status quo. Religion produces an active church. Active. Understand the active. It means that you're, the church is busy doing stuff, but not doing stuff. It's, we can have a bunch of meetings and programs and be active, but we're not producing anything. There's a note here. Anointing separates the good from the glory. Religion can never produce supernatural. And so religion wants to keep you contained or tamed in a box of control and manipulation and domination and wants to tell you you don't have to move forward. I've been talking about moving forward since January. And religion will tell you in your ear there's no need to move forward. There's no... There's no need to experience more of God. You've experienced everything you're going to experience. You don't have to worry about anything. You can sit and rest and just receive my glory. No, here's the thing. Religion will make you comfortable. Holy Spirit is always moving. There's momentum in the spirit, and you're, you're going from glory to glory, level to level. Everybody's okay? Is this Okay. Let me read this to you. We're going to rise and confront religion. I said we're going to rise and confront religion. Acts chapter 12. Let's read this together. I'm reading out of the Passion. <clears throat> Verse 1 says, During this period, King Herod incited persecution against the church, causing great harm to the believers. He even had the apostle Jacob, John's brother, beheaded. And when Herod realized how much 
displeased the Jewish leaders. He had Peter arrested and thrown into prison during the Feast of Passover. Sixteen soldiers were assigned to guard him until Herod could bring him to public trial. And immediately after Passover, after the Passover celebrations were over, the church, in verse 5, went into a season of intense intercession, asking God to free him. I want you to highlight that. Verse 5, the church went into a season of intense intercession, asking God to free him. I believe God's moving the church into a season of intense intercession. I believe God's raising up a company of people who won't settle, hallelujah, for just quiet. You know, it's okay to, to, to be quiet, and it's okay, but sometimes you have to get aggressive. And sometimes you got to raise the level of intensity of prayer in your life. And sometimes there's a season of intense intercession. And I believe God's calling the American church to a season of intense intercession. I remember growing up, we would go to prayer meetings when we, to a little church we were attending, and um, Jeff and I, it would be a Tuesday night, and we, of course Jeff and I didn't want to go, but we would stay, we would, we would be crawling under the little chairs, and, um, and we, I remember hearing these ladies, these intercessors, praying in tongues and in travail and wailing for God to, to, to shift things and change things in the church. They were, most religion would say all that was not needed. And religion would say, shut up, ladies, you are too loud. But it actually was needed. It was a season of intense intercession asking God to free people. And if we want America to be free, then we're going to have to do something. We're going to have to rise up and confront the spirit that's over Washington, D.C. and over our cities and over our regions. And Because if no one ever stands up and confronts anything, it's going to continue. And so if you, want, if you want America to change, then you have to do something. You've got to say something. We, well, I'm just going to fly my flag in my yard and just wait on the sweet rapture. Well, baby, you're going to be waiting for a long time because I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is coming for a spotless bride. And I can tell you now, the bride ain't spotless. And we got work to do. We got to pray. We got to intercede. We got we to get some folks saved. There's some things that we have to do. We're not just waiting for the rapture. I, I'm here working and plowing for the next move of God to hit this region. And I know there's other pastors that are doing the same thing. I ain't just waiting on the rapture. My bags aren't packed. I'm asking God, don't come yet. There's, we got so much work to do. Come on, there's things that God has promised me, and there's things that God wants to do even in your life, in your kid's life and your business, at your job, in your school. God is so good that he wants to wreck your entire world for his glory. And we're not going to settle for mediocre Christianity. The night before Herod, verse 6, the night before Herod planned to bring him to trial, and he made sure that Peter was securely bound with two chains, and Peter was sound asleep between two soldiers with additional guards stationed outside his cell door. When all at once an angel of the Lord appeared, filling his prison cell with the brilliant light, and the angel struck Peter on the side to awaken him and said, Hurry up, let's go. And instantly the chains fell off his wrist, and the angel told him, Get dressed, put on your sandals, bring your cloak, and follow me. And somehow I believe God is saying, Hey church, wake up, put on your sandals, bring your cloak, and follow me. 
take off the clothes of last season and realize it's time to go forward. Follow me. And then verse 9, Peter quickly left the cell and followed the angel, even though he, he thought it was only a dream or a vision, for it seemed unreal. See, Jesus will blow your mind. Come on, when God, when God wrecks you, when God changes you, when God begins to move in your family, you're going to think it's unreal. He, could, he couldn't believe it was really happening. They walked unseen. Verse 10, they walked unseen past the first guard post and then the second before coming to the iron gate that leads to the city and the, the gate swung open all by itself right in front of them. Come on, look at that, guys. The, here they... Look at this scripture, y'all. Look at the, let's look. I'm gonna, we're going to look at it again because I want to. Peter quickly left this. No, 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 no. Here we go. Here we go. The night before Herod planned all this. See, Herod, religion will always plan something, but God will always step in. Your enemy will always have something planned for you, but God will step in. Peter was sound asleep between two soldiers with additional guard stationed outside a cell door. When all at once... An angel of the Lord appeared, filling his prison cell with what? A brilliant light. And the angel struck Peter on the side to awaken him. God awaken your people. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And it says, what did he say here? He says, hurry up, let's go. And God is saying that to a lot of folks. Get up, hurry up, let's go. Shoot, go move forward. And it says, instantly the chains fell off his wrist. And the angel said, get dressed. Verse 9, and Peter quickly, I would leave quickly too, left the cell, followed the angel, Verse 10, and this is what's so cool. They walked, they walked unseen past the first guard post and then the second before coming to the iron gate. This iron gate, I can imagine in my little imagination, is probably humongous, weighs millions of pounds, doesn't want these prisoners out. I'm sure it's not like our little prison over here and only has some barbed wire and little fence. No, these are strong, massive gates. Yes? So here they go, and it leads them into the city, and the gate, the gate swung open all by itself right in front of them. And they went out into the city and were walking down a narrow street when all of a sudden the angel disappeared, and that's when Peter realized that he wasn't having a dream. He said to himself, this is really happening. And you're about to walk into a season in your life that you're going to realize this ain't no freaking dream. It's really happening. God is really moving. My promises are at hand. Come on, y'all. You need to get this word tonight, y'all. You're about to enter a season where you're so caught up in the presence and the power of God that you're going to think it's a dream, and your sons and daughters will be prophesying. Your sons and daughters are going to be far from God, are going to be back in church. Your business is going to be booming. You're going to graduate. You're going to be all right. Everything's going to work together for your good. Come on. There's, there, you're, and then you're going you're to realize that everything around me, it's not a dream, but God is really moving. It's really happening for me. Some of you have been seeing other people get blessed. It's your turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. Say, I'm next. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm next. Everyone's asking, when are you getting married? My creative shirt says, I'm next. Hallelujah. Come on, you're next. You're next. 
Everything you've been praying for, you're next. The delay you've been feeling was just your imagination. You're next. Hallelujah. And Peter realized he wasn't having a dream. He said, this is really happening. The Lord sent his angel to rescue me from the clutches of Herod and from what the Jewish leaders planned to do to me. And when he realized this, he decided to go to the home of Mary and her son, John Mark. The house was filled with people praying. Remember, it was a season of intercession. They were all praying. And when he knocked on the door to the courtyard, a young servant girl named Rose, or Rhoda, got up to see who it was. And when, and when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so excited that she forgot to open the door, but ran back inside the house to announce, Peter is standing outside. They said, are you crazy? But when she kept insisting, they answered, well, it must be his angel. And meanwhile, Peter was still outside knocking on the door. And when they finally opened it, they were shocked to find Peter standing there. What did we see in a moment ago in, in Mark 7? In verse 6, it said, These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So we, now we see in this scripture here in Acts chapter 12, we see this where it says, In verse 16, meanwhile, Peter was still outside knocking. And when they finally opened it, they were shocked to find Peter standing there. So it begs that the question begins to, you begin to ask yourself, so did they really believe what they were praying? They were shocked to find Peter standing there. No, little Rose, baby girl, you're, it's just your imagination. No, crazy. I'm telling you, I saw him. He's at the door. Shh, now, now. Now, now, now. I don't know. You're not see. It's just an angel. See, religion will tell you it's not really happening. Religion will tell you, no, no. These guys were praying in a season of intense intercession, and when the answer showed up, they couldn't even discern what it was. When the answer was right at the door, they didn't even, they didn't even open the door. No, they said, no, it can't be here. Verse 17, he signaled for them to be quiet as he shared with them the miraculous way the Lord brought him out of prison. And before he left, he said, make sure you let Jacob and all the other believers know what has happened. And at the first sign of daylight, the prison guards were in a tremendous uproar because of Peter's disappearance. And Herod ordered a thorough search for him, but no one could find him. And after he interrogated the guards, he ordered them executed. And Herod left the province of Judea. So let me ask you today, if you're praying for something, do you really, really believe that God can do it? Are you going to be the one that when your answer comes to the door, are you not going to open the door? Oh, I will eventually. But let me tell you something. If you don't, if, 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 if your answer is at the door knocking, you got to, the Bible says, ask and it shall be given to you, right? Knock and the door shall be open unto you. They didn't believe this rose, Rhoda, because 
Maybe because maybe because she didn't answer the door. Maybe maybe because she maybe she was young. I don't know. I haven't done a whole lot of research on this on on uh, uh, Rhoda Rose. It says Rose and Passion. Don't let what you're going through blind you when God starts to move. Don't let don't let don't let all your fear and all your unbelief and all your worry and all your doubt blind you from receiving what God truly has for you. Religion says less, revival says more. Let's stand. I believe the Holy Spirit's right here and it's hovering right now in this room. And there's answers that you need to questions that you have. Don't let your issues blind you from receiving what Father God has for you. So Father, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to just focus right now on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Focus your attention on the creator of the universe. Focus your attention, not on your problems, but on him, the one who can remove your problems. Now, Father, I pray right now that every spirit of oppression and heaviness leaves right now in the name of Jesus. Every false spirit, every pseudo spirit leaves right now in the name of Jesus. Every whispering, deceitful lie, lying spirit must leave right now in the name of Jesus. Right now. Every spirit that comes to distract and to disrupt what you're trying to accomplish in the lives of your people, we send it all back to hell where it came from right now in the name of Jesus. We reset and refocus our attention right now on our Father, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of glory. Father, we thank you right now for your presence. We thank you right now that you're lifting the burdens. You're lifting. The anointing is annihilating every yoke right now in the name of Jesus. Every yoke has to be annihilated by your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that we're not, we're not tying ourselves to religion, but we're tying ourselves to relationship. And Father, we're not going to make revival a religion. We're not going to make uh, what we do at the gathering place, this revival church, we're not going to make it a religion. We thank you, Father. We thank you. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor John, I'm fighting some things. Think some things have happened this week and I need a breakthrough. Lift your hand. Come on, lift your hands. I see it. Lift your hands. We declare this is your season of breakthrough in the name of Jesus. In the name. We decree and declare breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. Every demonic spirit be put to death right now in the name of Jesus. We declare 
acceleration being released right now in the name of Jesus. We will not settle for crumbs. Crumbs is not our portion. Father, we thank you that the spirit of lack and despair is broken. The spirit of hopelessness is broken off of your people right now in the name of Jesus. We release breakthrough, the spirit of breakthrough, to break you in and out and through your next, into your next miracle. Father, we declare this is a season of miracles. It's a season of miracles. Hey, what's going on with Exxon, Zach? Okay. Sir? And nothing's happened? So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare and decree a breakthrough right now for those men and women that are employed by Exxon. Father, we thank you that they, Lord, we know that you can supernaturally provide for these families. And Lord, we know you're going to show up for these families. But Father, I declare and decree that this thing is over in the name of Jesus and we release breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus over that situation right now. Right now. You will not mock God's people. And the Lord would say, even though you feel like you've been locked out, the Lord says, no, you haven't. This region, this, this community, this lockout, the Lord, the Lord says, even though it seems as it appears that it's locked out, you're really not locked out. It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's all smoke and mirrors. So, Father, we just declare and decree that this region and the people that are here, Father, those that are watching and will watch this, Father, that a spirit of breakthrough is released into their lives right now, into their businesses, into their families right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everybody lift your hands if you can. And, Father, we just receive right now a fresh anointing right now. Let it fall right now upon each person in this room. Tongues of fire. Tongues of fire. Tongues of fire. Tongues of fire rest upon each person. We'll just receive his grace. Receive his mercy. Receive that anointing. That breaks every yoke. Father, we're not going to be blinded. We're not going to be numb to your moving and to your spirit. We're all in. Fresh anointing right now. From the back to the front, let it fill those that are watching. All we want is you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We receive your word tonight. Breakthrough isn't coming. Breakthrough is here. We receive your word. We receive your word. We will walk in breakthrough. We will walk in peace. We will walk in joy. 
We will not be a victim and we will not feel defeated any longer. We will walk in victory. In victory. In victory. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I want you to grab the neighbor, your neighbor's hand real quick. I'll just grab your neighbor's hand. Come on, just begin to pray for him. Come on, just begin to pray for him. Just begin to pray for him. Come on. Come on. Just begin to pray. Just begin to pray for your neighbors on your left and your right. Father, come on. Father, we just thank you right now. Father, for, for unity. We thank you for joy. We thank you for a fresh anointing upon each person. Father, we thank you. You're, you're break. These are breakthrough people right now. Right now. Right now. Father, bless them. Come on, just begin to pray. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Riddell, come up here. Alexis, pray with Riddell. Riddell, pray with Alexis. Come on. And I feel like uh, Josh Sport. Come up here. Come, come stand right here. And I just feel like there's there's been... Um, what I'm seeing is just a, a, an arrow in the back of your back. I don't know. We all, you know, to some degree, have arrows in our back, and someone just probably said that in their head, and that's all right. And I know we've all had people say bad things about us, and, and this applies to everybody in the room. So if it applies to you, just receive it. But the Lord says, "I'm removing every arrow that people." Knowingly or unknowingly have, have shot in your in your back when you weren't looking. To tear you down, to make you feel little, to make you feel like you were inadequate. Lord says, Don't 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 walk in what people have put on you. Walk in what I've placed upon you. <laughs> Don't worry about what people say or what they think. Just rest in me. Rest in me in this season. This is not the season to prove your worth. This is just the season to love me. 
This is a season to love me and to rest in me. And even know, even in some personal areas um, of your life, the Lord says, I'm working those things out. And so just give it all to me. Give it all to me. Lay it at my feet. Lay it at my feet. You, you, you can't do anything. It's got to be me to move in this situation. And so, Father, we just thank you. We thank you. We just remove what man has done and man has said and, and religion has done and religion has said. And we free him from that right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that your presence is freeing, that your love is freeing. Your grace is free, that he doesn't have to look at other experiences and try to measure himself or even measure this church against another church. No, he can just rest in knowing that you're Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords. So, Father, we just thank you for clarity in his mind. And there's a lot of people, a lot of religion says this. This says that new level, new devils. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. And so embrace what I'm doing for you, son, says the Lord. Embrace what I'm doing. And don't be concerned with other things around you. Don't be concerned even about the demonic realm. I have all that, that that's that, it's real yes but I have a, all that's under control I've got that says the Lord I've got all that yeah I've got all that I'm powerful <laughs> I'm mighty right so you don't got to worry about all that don't worry about it don't don't put on you what don't put on don't put anything on you that you're not supposed to carry don't 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 be frustrated Frustration is the silent killer of growing. Frustration will, will cause you to back up and lose momentum. That's a word for somebody else in here. Quit being so freaking frustrated about everything. Let it go. Let it go. It's not your place to carry everybody's burdens. Let it go. No more frustration. So, Father, we just bless them. We thank you for the new thing that you're doing. We thank you for the new thing. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Alexis, come on. a lot of voices and a lot of whispers 
that have really tried to take you off your course. But you've stayed with me. And even when you didn't want to, you were like, ah, I'm going to dig in a little deeper. Dig in a little deeper. And when the winds came and the storms came and tried to blow your house down, <laughs> it couldn't because you were stable and strong in the Lord and not in your own power, but in His. <clears throat> so don't worry yourself about the whispers and the voices. And those that don't understand your purpose and your drive, don't worry, don't, don't worry about all that. Dig in a little deeper. Continue to gain weight in my presence. And just rest in knowing that I'm working and moving in every area of your life, in Brandon's life, And the Lord wants me to tell you this, that I've called you two together. I have put you two together. So stand firm, daughter. In my strength, not your, if you stand in your strength, it's, you're not going to make it. But if you stand in my strength, watch what I'm going to do. So, Father, we thank you right now for a fresh impartation of glory, of anointing, for eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying and doing in this couple's life, in their business, in their ministry. fresh upon them upon her ignite her even more we add another log to the fire hmm. fresh filling of your presence Fresh feeling of your presence. Whoa. Get my hand off her before I fall. Amen. Just lift your hands one more time. I apologize. Um, no, I don't. Father, we just thank you right now. Once again, for a fresh fire upon each person right now. Fresh fire.
Peggy and Carolyn, you guys come up here real quick. Y'all come stand right here. The Lord says he wants you to give you more fire, but he wanted you both to get it together. Yep. So, Father... Give them more. Just more fullness of your presence. Fullness of your glory. All that you are. The brilliance of your glory. Fresh fire upon them both. Upon them both. Let your fire be so apparent that people begin to say you've been with Jesus. There's something new about you. What is going on? You're glowing, they're going to say. Because it's the fresh fire. perspectives I hear the Lord saying new perspective so Father we just thank you that fresh anointing and fresh impartation upon him in this new season and for Andrew we thank you for the anointing on Andrew Thank you for touching him. Let me just speak into his spirit, strength, and your boldness. In this season. And we pray for even uh, even Sonny. Thank you for your protection, continued protection. We thank you for it. <laughs> thank you, Lord. 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 <clears throat> Hallelujah.
So I'm going to, if you need to leave, you're welcome to leave. If you want to stick around, you're welcome to stick around up here with me. If you want prayer, you can come over here and I'll pray with you. So you guys have a good evening. I love you. And we'll see you Sunday morning at 10. And so, But if you want to come and stay and linger, come on. You can come hang out with me for a little bit. I'll be here as long as you want to be here. God bless you. Those that are watching, we love you. Have a great evening. If you need prayer, send us a prayer. Uh, send us an email. Connect at tgp.church. God bless you.